Hi everyone, I'm Jason Scorse and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. Hope everybody is doing great. So this episode, entitled, It's Time for Everyone to Rally Behind Biden's Re-Election, is an episode that if we lived in a sane country, wouldn't be necessary. In a Trump-Biden rematch in a sane country, the results would be 100% Biden, zero Trump. That's how it would be if America was sane. But we don't live in a sane country. We live in a deeply sick and diseased society where nearly half the country are members of a fascist death cult, and many of the sane don't quite understand the stakes, nor do they fully understand the amazing things Biden has already done for the country. So in this episode, I want to both lay out the stakes and also make the affirmative case for Biden. My hope is that by the end, everyone listening to this will strongly support Biden and we can make sure he gets over the finish line in 2024. I hope that people share this and spread it around because I'm going to, as concisely as possible, make the case to strongly rally and unite behind President Biden. So let's start with the stakes. A lot of what I'm going to describe here, of course, has a speculative element because we're looking up, you know, at a possible futures, right? And because I don't have a crystal ball, most of this is just kind of a general outline. But, you know, from the statements coming from Republican supporters of Trump, from understanding history of movements that have been similar to this fascist movement in America, and the fact of what Trumpists and MAGA are saying openly about what they plan to do, whether it's the far-right Project 2025, I'm not going to link to it because they're fucking lunatics, but just Google it, Project 2025, this is these right-wing, far-right extremists saying what they want to do if Trump wins in, in, in 2024. There's all the reporting coming out about these D-list racists and neo-Nazis who would populate a tr second Trump term everywhere from you know the Department of Justice to the White House Council to every agency, right? And Trump himself has said multiple times, as clearly as can be, what the purpose of his campaign is besides staying out of jail, because we know that's the main thing he's trying to do, right? There's a great meme going around that says Trump is saying that Jack Smith is trying to prevent him from, you know, being in the election when the truth is Trump is running to prevent Jack Smith from prosecuting him, right? That's the truth. So the number one reason Trump is running is to stay out of jail. But what he's saying he's going to do at every chance he gets, he says, I am your retribution. So what he's telling his supporters is, I will come here and I will break things and I will be cruel and mean to the people you don't like. And who are the people that Trump and the MAGA fascists don't like? Well, it's all Democrats, liberals, anyone who believes in women's rights, 
LGBTQ rights, Muslims, black and brown people, people who are with you know um, upholding the rule of law. So I just want to be clear here. A second Trump term would be almost unimaginably horrible. Like it would be extreme horrible. This is not trivial stuff. This is not a fucking drill. The rule of law would be completely obliterated. Right? Not only would a guy who who by any reasonable standards I think would probably for his treason if be executed, but certainly deserves to spend the rest of his life in prison, he would get off scot-free and show, hey, the rule of law doesn't fucking matter. You can just win. Raw power, and that means you can do whatever the fuck you want. And the people he would populate the DOJ with would just eviscerate any sense of independence. They would go after his political enemies, and it would just create a license to just break laws because troubles will say, hey, I'll pardon you. Break whatever laws you want. He's said that he'll pardon the January 6th people who are great patriots. So these, you know, thousands of people being arrested and tried, they're just going to be let out into the streets, right? Oh, well, you know, you, you, you did a coup and an insurrection. You're a patriot. Go free. The kleptocracy and corruption that would, that would result from a second Trump term would just be, again, almost unimaginable. And most of our key institutions would be irreparably damaged. Right, the legal system, the nut job lawyers that have already incredibly damaged the rule of law within the court system, and of course with this six-three nut job Supreme Court, but at all the other district levels, you know, and the federal appeals levels, the, the the judiciary is like hanging on by a thread now. There are enough sane people who care about the Constitution and the rule of laws to keep it barely squeaking by. Another four years of Trump, and it's done. Then let's get to climate policy, right? He'll pull us out of the Paris Agreement. He'll reverse all as much as he can of, you know, of Biden's climate policy. And therefore, we have no chance of reversing the climate trends in any reasonable time frame. Think about what will happen to the global dictators of the world that Trump has been praising for years. Putin, especially, this is like his dream come true is if Trump comes into power, he says he'll either pull out of NATO or weaken it. He will absolutely start cutting off aid to Ukraine. Ukraine could fall to Russia. I'm not saying that would automatically occur, but it would be a huge boon to Putin and the other dictators of the world. Then more, you know, a little step down from that, right? The social cohesion in our society will continue to fray if these MAGA fascists have all their dreams kind of realized that they came back and they're going to get their revenge. I mean, just think about it's almost half the country. And if they're like, yeah, my guy won. Fuck the rule of law. You fucking deep state. He's free. No more witch hunts. Think of how that's going to play out in communities and in people's offices and work environments. Right. This is not something that's going to stay just to the White House. The violence and chaos in society will likely escalate. Again, just look at history. And of course, all dreams of improved social safety nets. We can talk about the things that Biden has fallen short on so far, but you think the social safety net's going to be improved? Health care, child care, Medicare, Social Security with a second Trump term? Are you fucking kidding me? Right? And of course... Racism and sexism will only grow because, again, we're putting up a rapist sociopath, you know, 
at to the White House who's com- who's a career criminal, an open career criminal, and people of color will suffer the most, right? And by the way, what I've just outlined, this is what I know will happen if Trump wins. But there are always global crises during any presidency, right? When when you know Biden came in, then we had the Ukraine war with Russia invading. Of course, we have this new horrible war with Israel and Gaza and Hamas and, you know, and the larger Palestinian issue that's just flared up and is just absolutely horrible. So, of course, there's going to be global crises and whatever, whoever, forever is president from 2025 to 2029. And and Trump will just make them worse, just like he made the COVID pandemic worse. Right. And let me say unambiguously that all this fate, this horror show that will befall America and the world will be deserved if we let this sociopath lunatic into power again. At least for America, it will be deserved. It will be a collective failure of such magnitude that we won't be able to come back from it in our lifetimes. I know that like I know my own name. Okay, I can tell you, unless you're like five years old, Right? If Trump comes into power, America is fucked for the rest of your life. It is downhill from here. And because so many innocent people, both here and abroad, would get hurt, severely hurt, we can't let it happen. Period. End of story. So there's a great article I'm going to put in the show notes written by a black woman who talks about the white privilege of not supporting Biden. This, this argument really needs to be taken seriously, right? If you're well-to-do and you're white, you might have the luxury of not being the number one target of Trump when he comes into power again, although I do think it's naive to think that you can escape scot-free in a second Trump term. I think those people who think, oh, it won't affect me, I'll get another tax cut, bullshit, right? Something that chaotic is going to affect everybody. But still, it's going to be poor people and people of color who get it the worst. And they don't have that luxury to say Biden hasn't been perfect. I think he's too old. He doesn't excite me. Right? We owe it to them, to poor people and the black and brown people of this country, to make sure Biden gets a second term. We owe it out of basic human decency. Okay, so after the break, I'm going to address the age issue and also this issue of why doesn't Biden just drop out and let, you know, some young new Democratic superstar take over who can easily beat Trump. And I'm going to, again, show why both of those issues are distractions and non-factors and, in fact, wishful thinking. But before I do that, I just want to, again, emphasize we must unite to get Biden reelected. He is the nominee. He is the one to go against Trump. So I'll come back right after the break. Ladies and gentlemen of Rapology, we owe our fans and ourselves an apology for coming out of faces all wrong. You know, talking all kinds of yang on a song. Just like snakes, always rattling. Do you see rock and roll stars battling? No sucker MCs, this sucker MC, that your troops. When are we gonna stop this crap? It is a waste and oh so sad. That the good gotta suffer with the bad And as for the violence and negative hype Yo, I wanna kill that stereotype Ever since rap got some publicity All we ever talk about is sucking MCs Come together Right now In unity 
Okay, so now I want to address, you know, the, the criticisms here of Biden's age and then whether there should just be a primary, he steps down, etc. So look, Biden is old. I wish he were younger. I wish he were 10 years old or 20 year on, years older. But he's fit and he's leading the country effectively in a very, very difficult time. He visited two active war zones, something no president has ever done, Ukraine and Israel. He has an amazing team working with him at all levels of government. He'll be 82 when he begins his second term and should be good to go through the whole four years to 86. You know, he again, he's fit, he rides bikes, he exercises. There's no, you know, medical diagnosis saying here that, you know, he's on his last legs. My dad is 88. He's going strong. He's traveling the world. You know, so again, this notion that like 82, oh my God, he's over the hill. If he was 92, yeah, 82, you know, it's it's not over the hill. Look, I know many people in their 80s who are very active, very sharp, and he's got a whole team there, right? He has to make the final decisions, but he's got a whole team. Also, let's not forget that just a few months ago, back in February, Biden gave what many considered to be the best State of the Union address in the modern era, right? I'm not exaggerating. Right? He completely dominated the GOP heckle caucus and completely owned them. Right? Go back and look at the commentary there. Nine short months ago, people were commenting on how impressive Biden was, how he was running circles around the entire Republican caucus. Don't forget that. I'm going to put the link to that State of the Union in the show notes. So watch it again if you haven't, you know, if you watched it already, and watch it again, you know, for the first time if you haven't. It's a political masterclass, okay? And this is the positive side side of old age. Wisdom, experience, relationships, knowledge, right? That's something that, you know, cannot be underestimated. Biden has been around the block. He knows how to get shit done. He has relationships with foreign leaders, right? He's been around the block. And that, in this trying time, is, is really needed. Now, look. Of course, if he has some bad health event between now and next November, that could be very bad. I'm not Pollyannish about this. I'm not ignoring the risks, right? I'm not claiming there are no risks to his age. But I'm going to make the argument now that I think is pretty clear that an open Democratic primary, the risks are much greater, right? This notion that like, oh, why does he just step down and want this magical unicorn candidate to unite everybody and crush Trump? That's just a fantasy. So here's why. First off, if Biden stepped down, he would have to either decide to endorse his vice president, Kamala Harris, or not. That would be the first decision. That would be a huge decision. Most likely, he would. And I'll talk about why he would in a moment. So this would then make her the front runner when it turns out most people don't like her. And in fact, most people think that she would lose to Trump, which I think is probably true. Mostly because of racism and sexism, but let's put that aside for a second. So... Biden endorses his VP. There's an open primary. This would be likely very acrimonious primary cycle, right? Where likely Kamala would get defeated, okay? Black women are the core of the Democratic base. And in fact, they're the core of America's moral conscience. But that's a larger discussion for another day. And anything that upsets them is a bad thing, right? And again, if Biden didn't endorse Harris as, hey, let's just have an open primary, they would be fucking furious, and rightly so. They would say, you're giving in to all this sexism and racism that she's dealing with, and you're going to throw her under the bus? 
You don't want to demoralize the core of the Democratic base. So he probably would endorse her, and then she would probably get beat, right? That would make for a messy primary. And not only that, but does anyone think that another Bernie-like figure wouldn't jump in? It obviously wouldn't be Bernie, but someone in the AOC mold, right? And this would create all sorts of tensions and conflict, right? Superstars like Gavin Newsom or Gretchen Whitmer would likely get in. But remember, only one can win. Right now, I'm not saying that Democrats would not ultimately unite behind whoever won. I'm not claiming that. In fact, I'm looking forward to 2028 when there is that open primary after Biden's second term and we have a strong economy and a strong record and there's a big open primary. Right. I'm looking forward to that. But there is a big risk in a primary at this moment of another kind of Bernie Hillary type division that greatly hurt the Democrats in 2016, which is when Trump won, right? So look, people who think it would be simple and clear and that some winner would emerge, right? Like that's just not reality. That's just not reality. And on top of that, to make it even worse, the media is hardwired to look for a Dems and disarray story. That is literally the media's favorite fucking hobby horse. The Democrats in disarray, the center versus the left, the left versus the moderates, the establishment. Right? They just accept that the Republicans are a fucking fascist nut job cult, but the Democrats are supposed to be perfect and anything where they're disagreeing, Dems in disarray. They would be gloating over a divisive primary. They're looking for something to talk about how bad the Democrats are to kind of create some semblance of balance because when you just look at facts, the fact that the Republican nominee is going through four court trials and 91 felony counts. You know, they want to try to balance it out. So right now it's Biden's old, Biden's old, Biden's old. They would love an open primary, especially if Kamala gets kicked to the curb. Can you imagine how many stories there would be about the hurt feelings in the Democratic Party and what happened to Kamala? And, the you know, it's unprecedented for a, a, vi- a, a president's VP to not get the, the you know, the, endorse, you know the, the nomination. So look, at the moment right now when Democrats should be united behind a strong, accomplished incumbent, the only person to actually beat Trump, remember that, Biden is the only one to have ever beaten Trump, right? We want the media focused on all of the Trump trials and all his criminality. Well, we're all united behind Biden. We would instead, in an open primary, get endless media coverage of the Dems and disarray stories, and we would not be focused on the best thing going to defeat Trump, which is focusing on his criminality. Anyone who does not doubt, you know, who doubts this dynamic who thinks things would be clean and easy and, you know, we'd have this strong candidate just waiting at the end, ready to defeat Trump. You have not been paying attention to politics these last 10 years. I'm not trying to be harsh. I know people have good intentions here. I know people want to win. But you got to, like, deal with reality and and things. There's no, no unicorns coming to save us. That's not happening. So, look, while Biden's age presents a risk, an open Democratic primary this late in the game is much riskier. We have a proven commodity in Biden who beat Trump's, beat Trump once. We have a strong economy, and we need to get our man over the finish line, even this old man. He is up for it, and we need to get him over that line. So after the break, I'll come back with a more extensive affirmative case for Biden uh, in just a moment. 
Okay, so now I want to make the affirmative case for Biden. And the first thing I want to say, Biden is not a lesser of evils. You know, I hear that phrase thrown around and it really fucking pisses me off. Okay, Trump is almost pure evil. He's one of the, the worst human beings on planet Earth. And if you look around, that's fucking saying a lot. To be one of the worst human beings on planet Earth in 2023, that's saying a lot. Biden is not even anywhere in that universe. You can have disagreements with him, and I do, but he is a very decent man who has delivered great things for the U.S. and the world. So let me outline them in brief. First of all, on Ukraine, he's been amazing. Russia invades Ukraine. U.S. has the intelligence, publicizes it to the world, says this is about to happen. Russia denies it. Then it happens, right? He gets the intelligence right. He warns the world. People are thinking Kiev is going to fall and, and Russia is going to steamroll over. Biden helps rally the world to Ukraine's defense. Now, of course, the, the, you know, the bravery and heroism of the Ukrainian people and President Zelensky, of course, are at the top of the list here. But let's not forget what Biden has done, right? He has rallied the world to Ukraine's defense. And for that reason, Ukraine has a decent shot of winning. And at the same time, Russia and its army is getting severely degraded. This is a huge thing. This is like big deal stuff, right? Because if Russia had, you know, just rolled over Ukraine, the rest of Eastern Europe would be worried. You think he would stop there? I mean, again, if you know any history, you know that wouldn't happen. And just to play contrast here, imagine if Trump had been in the president when Putin did that. He would have basically handed the fucking keys. Remember, the first impeachment of Trump was because he tried to blackmail Zelensky with withholding aid, right? And must have, much of the MAGA base hates Ukraine and they elevate Putin. So just on this issue alone, this single issue, Biden deserves re-election. On Israel, now this one gets a lot more complicated. We're in the very beginning of this conflict. But A, he unambiguously rallied to Israel's side after this horrific terrorist attack. He didn't fall into that whataboutism and that but and however. Of course he knows. He, he hates Netanyahu. He knows Netanyahu's fucking horrible, right? But he didn't equivocate. He got on Israel's side. And then what is he doing? Behind the scenes, he's trying to get Israel to, to have restraint. Is he going to be successful? Is he going to get the type of policy that we would you know, want in an ideal world? No. But again, contrast that with if Trump was in charge. Trump will be talking of telling you know, Netanyahu to go wipe out all the animals, right? And Biden is showing clarity of moral leadership to say this is absolutely unambiguous, a terrorist attack of the highest order, and Israel has a right to defend itself with it does. And then he's trying to get humanitarian aid in there. And trying to get Israel to, you know, use a measure of restraint. We'll see how this plays out. And there's plenty of opportunity to criticize Biden. But again, what he's doing here is trying to thread a very difficult needle. Let's move to the domestic side here, right? The Inflation Reduction Act has given us a chance to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees. And it has led to a race to the top across the world. Once we pass that bill... EU, Australia, China going, holy shit, the U.S. is doing all this stuff on climate. We're going to be at an unfair disadvantage because they're doing so much. We have to do more. That's a race to the top. That's what we want, right? 
The bipartisan infrastructure law is literally rebuilding much of our critical infrastructure and doing amazing things like removing all of our lead pipes. Right? We still have lead fucking pipes with children being given water with lead. And he said, no, we're going to end it. We're going to pay the money to just remove all the lead pipes. You know, he has ushered in a new economic paradigm. The second article I'm going to link to in the show notes is about how this bottom-up strategy of building the middle class, right? The end of kind of the, the quote, free market neoliberal, right? And what has the result been? The best job market in 50 years. Huge victories for workers, right? The UAW strike. He was the first president to go on the picket line. He was getting pillared by that by Republicans. He went on there, and guess what? The UAW got record, record union contracts, right? His economic message is working, right? It is a strong economy. Of course, inflation has been the issue. I get that, right? But inflation has come down dramatically and is still going to come down. And it's bad everywhere in the world, right? And we've had, we brought down inflation without having a huge uptick in unemployment, right? Remember, Larry Summers was predicting we'd have to have 10% unemployment to get inflation down. Inflation is in the 3% range and it's coming, I mean, unemployment's in the 3% range and inflation's come down, right? So what a huge success. Biden has restored the rule of law, an independent department of justice. He's not meddling like Trump did every other fucking day with Bill Barr trying to get him to pardon his friends and go after his enemies. Yeah, we have an independent Department of Justice following the law. What a concept. He has elevated and by nominating the most diverse set of judges to the federal branch in U.S. history. Period. Point blank. Public defenders, Native Americans, women, black and brown, Asian, and of course the first black woman on the Supreme Court who's a genius. These are all huge achievements. Every single one of them. And I know I'm leaving many out because there's so many achievements. I didn't talk about the Electoral Count Act. I didn't talk about the CHIPS Act, right? We could go down though. These are huge, huge achievements. And you know what? Most people don't even know any of this has happened. They only look at higher gas prices and higher food prices and complain. But you know, right? If you're listening to this, you know what Biden has accomplished, right? They put him in the LBJ category and perhaps... If he gets a second term, maybe even the FDR category. He's doing like huge seismic shifts in the economy, right? And how how did he do it? He did it with the smallest margins in the Congress almost imaginable. Let's look. He had literally no margin for error in the Senate when he passed all this stuff. He had exactly 50 votes. Do you know how fucking hard it is to get every single senator to agree on this stuff in the Democratic Party? Right? You lose one, and you couldn't get this stuff passed. You got every single one. right? In the House, Nancy Pelosi had the same fucking margins that Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans had. And look at the chaos and mess, this fucking fiasco in the House of Representatives. But Nancy Pelosi had that same margin, and she got it done right? with Joe Biden. So what I'm saying here is fact. Fact. Two plus two equals four. What Biden has accomplished is way bigger than anything Obama did, even way bigger than the Affordable Care Act, okay? So I want to get you pumped up. I want to get you psyched, right, to go out and help reelect Joe Biden because he deserves it. So I'll come back with the antidote after the break. 
Okay, so for the antidote here, I want to just start by saying it's weird being more positive about America than most of my friends and colleagues. Like, I'm always one of this country's biggest critics, right? But the reality here is the alternative to a Biden re-election victory is simply too dark for even me to contemplate. If we elect Trump again, this country is way sicker and more evil and diseased and corrupt and undeserving than even I could have imagined. And I was one of the few people back in 2016 warning that he could win. I hate it when I hear all these people, all these fucking pundits. Oh, no one thought he could win. No one thought he could win. No, 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 no. People were warning that he could win in 2016. There were people who paid attention. I was one of them. So I want to ask people to try to put your emotions aside for a second. It's been a really difficult time these last few years. We had a pandemic. We had an insurrection coup. We have fascism. We have global war. We have climate emergency. Right? It's stressful. I get it. It has been a stressful, stressful time. Right? But we need cooler heads to prevail now. Sanity requires that we all get behind Biden strongly. Not lukewarm, not lesser of two evils, but strongly. So again, I hope you share this episode widely with your family, friends, and colleagues, and share it all year round. Bookmark it. Save it. Whenever you have anybody who's lukewarm on Biden or talking about voting for some fucking moron like Cornell West or sitting it out, right? Send them this episode. You know, whatever this is, this 25 minutes, send it to them, say, just listen to this because we need to get behind Biden. And the articles that I linked to in the show notes, read those. Again, the one on the black woman talking about the white privilege of not voting for Biden. And then read the article about how he's changed the economic paradigm, right? We've had Reaganism and this free market bullshit for 40 years, and he's shifting that narrative changing it to a worker-first equality paradigm, okay? So that's what this is about, people. Get your head in the game. Let's do this. And again, if you're enjoying it, the, the podcast, share it with family, friends, and colleagues. Subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And with that, everyone, stay safe, be well, take care.